0: Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Saint Luke. At that time Joseph and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were marveling at the things spoken concerning him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and for the rise of many in Israel, and for a sign that shall be contradicted. And thy own soul, a sword shall pierce, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years from her maidenhood, and by herself as a widow to 84 years. She never left the temple, worshipping with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give praise to the Lord and spoke of him to all who were awaiting the redemption of Israel. And when they had fulfilled all things as prescribed in the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was full of wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Our Lady seat of wisdom in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost amen you may be seated Reverend Father my dear friends in Christ today I have a sermon that I'm very pleased to to say because it's going to be addressed at teenagers teenagers from years 10 to 30 some of us are teenagers at the, at the age of 30 it is addressed to all of us, but especially to our younger generations, and this is obviously one of my favorite audiences because we're often so neglected. We read in the, in the gospel today that our Lord, as he was growing, was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. This is a perfect example for us, for the younger generations, because this is really the main factor of success in your life. It's not how much money you have is not whether you're very popular or not if you have many friends if you go to many parties or you're invited to many parties all of that that's not only not the factor of success often it is a danger for you for us the real factor of success when you know that you're leading a good life a happy life a successful life is if you can say this of yourself that you're growing in wisdom, and that you're growing in the grace of God. Those are the main things that we seek for. Those are the, the real things that make us happy. And the apostle in today's epistle gives us very an, a very interesting figure. He says, when the heir is, not a, is still a child, he doesn't enjoy all the benefits of being an heir. He's treated almost like a servant. Once he becomes an adult, then he's able to enjoy his inheritance. And that applies to our spiritual life. Oftentimes, when we're young, we feel like religion is servitude. But that is because we're children. Once we mature, we are able to see it as an inheritance. And today I want to speak to you of two main things, my dear children, young men, young women, and everyone else. I want to speak first of why it is that we have conflicts with our parents, with the Catholic school, with our teachers, with the authority, and how that is not because of religion. And I want to speak also of the transition that is necessary for you when you mature from being a child or a teenager into being an adult. Let me speak first of the conflicts. Your parents, when they give you rules, when they bring you to Mass, when they forbid you to do things or ask you to do others, what they're trying to do is they're trying to pass an inheritance to you. And this is a threefold inheritance. They're trying to pass first the inheritance of truth and faith to your intellect, to your mind. They're trying to pass the inheritance of the Ten Commandments, morality, goodness, to your will and they're trying to pass the inheritance, the inheritance of grace and love to your soul. That's the whole reason for them bringing you to Mass. That's the whole reason for them yelling at you at times, bringing you to the sacraments, putting prohibitions and rules to you. Now, oftentimes, however, we being teenagers or young people, we tend to rebel and to be angry. Who hasn't heard, you know, somewhere in your home you know, wear a skirt, why do I have to wear a skirt? Why do you always impose a skirt on me? I can dress however I want. Bam, slam the door. Or who hasn't heard, you know, you shouldn't go with that friend. Mom, are you crazy? You know, this friend is like this and this and that. You know, he's my friend, I gotta go with him. Slam the door, things like that. One wishes that those things would not happen, but they do. And oftentimes you hear the young person, the young woman, the young man saying, oh, Religion is so difficult. You know, if I hadn't had this, you know, if my parents were not traditional Catholics, I wouldn't have to suffer through these things. Today I want to take that that myth away. The reason, my dear friends, why we have problems with our parents is not because of religion. It is because you're a teenager and your parents are an authority and we are in a fallen human world where original sin causes us to rebel. Regardless of the family where you would be, you would have those conflicts. It's not the Catholic school, in the Catholic school it's not religion that causes you the trouble. It is that you're a teenager with a fallen human nature. And regardless of the school you were, you would have those troubles. And it is very useful for us as young people and for us as adults as well, To be able to separate the human conflict, which will always be there, from religion. Religion is beautiful, it is peaceful, it is filled with truth, it is filled with goodness, and the human conflict, I have it just because we are human beings. So when we have problems with my parents, when I argue with my parents or my parents argue with me. When I have problems in school and I get angry at sister or at father because they were very severe with me and they punished me or something else happened, I have to realize this is not religion, this is just human nature. And that makes me very happy because then I see religion for the beauty that it is. And I can prove this to you. If the problem was your faith, if the problem was the Catholic faith, then families that don't have the Catholic faith, that are irreligious, would not have any problems, right? So in that case, if you have a family that has no religion, the children would be very obedient and they would not argue with their parents and there would not be arguments with their parents and then you would see the mother saying to the child, daughter, you know, I want you to wear this pants or this clothing, and the daughter would say, of course, mother, I will do everything that you say because it's not religious. And you would see the son, you know, the father telling the son, you don't go party that late, you know, just take my car, do whatever you want, but don't go partying that late. And the son would say, of course, father, I will go with whoever you tell me to go, and I will not come late because you are not religious. You know that doesn't happen. The truth is, every family has conflicts, and the families that don't have religion have worse conflicts and worse problems. So, for you young men, young woman, that you think that religion is hard, if you were in a communist family and your father was a communist and you were a total atheist, you would have fights with your parents over what communist party or movement you're going to join because that's just our human nature. The whole point of this diatribe that I'm giving you right now is this, that you are able to see that your faith is beautiful, that the things that our Lord teaches us, that God teaches us is good and true, and they're wholesome for you, and that the conflicts that you have around it are just human conflicts. They're not coming from religion. And this brings me to the next point of the sermon, the Epistle of St. Paul. Why is it that it is so hard for us to practice religion sometimes? If we were good, if I was good and perfect, in my faith and my parents were as well, there would be no conflict. But a lot of times the problem with us, the younger generations, is that we don't assimilate our faith, we don't make it our own. And here applies what the Apostle tells us. You're a child, you're immature, and for that reason religion appears to you as servitude. You're not yet where you're supposed to be. There is a transition that you need to make where instead of being a child, you're a mature man or a grown woman. That means to say, instead of being a servant, you pass to be an heir of your faith, an heir of your goodness, of the commandments, of your religion. So far, your parents have been dragging you to Mass and to prayer and to wear a skirt and to do all kinds of moral things, and they drag you and you're going back dragged. And the point is to say, well, now is the time for me to start running and to take that and make it my own. In other words, to inherit my faith. Let me give you an example, imagine. Imagine that your father or your mother has $50 million, and they tell you, son, daughter, once I become 50, I'm gonna retire, these $50 million are gonna be yours. You wouldn't say, why are you pushing that on me? Why do you want to impose $50 million on me? You'd be fine with it, and if your mom or your dad says to you, because I'm gonna give you this, which is a great treasure, I need to educate you. I need to make sure that you're working. I need to make sure that you have good friends that will not take advantage of you. I need to make sure that you study all these things. You would say, Mom, Dad, I'm gonna wake up 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm gonna go to bed at midnight. I'll do everything that you want me to do for those $50 million. Well, young people, young men, young women, everyone, $50 $50 million is nothing, Is trash, Is metal, that, that's worth nothing. The inheritance that your parents are giving you is absolute wealth, the greatest wealth that you could receive. I'll remind you again, the greatest wealth that is possible for your mind, your faith, the whole of the truth, eternal truths. The greatest wealth that is possible for your will, goodness, the Ten Commandments, Morality, that's their inheritance. The greatest wealth that is possible for your heart and soul. Love. Not the love of a creature. The love of God himself, the grace of God. That is what your parents are inheriting to you, what they're passing on to you. And religion will be beautiful and soft and great and happy for you if you make that your own, that it is no longer the faith that my parents keep putting on my head, but that I make it my own faith, my own conviction, that it is not the commandments that my parents are always nagging on me, but that they become my own conviction, my own mode of living, my own morality and that I don't come to be in the state of grace because my parents force me to come every Sunday to confession, but that I make that the love of my life, my own love, my own reason for existing, that you inherit your religion, that you inherit your faith, that you become an heir rather than a servant. This is what the apostle is telling us today in the epistle. If you succeed to do this, you will become, you will have in you the Holy Ghost. My dear young men and young women, when you see your friends out there, those friends that are partying all the time, that you know, they go out at night at nightclubs, that they're hanging out with a bunch of people, all of them sometimes immoral. When you see those friends that don't have their parents behind them, that their parents don't tell them anything, that they're getting drunk, that they're doing drugs sometimes, that they're listening to horrible music, When you see those friends, don't envy them. Rather, have pity on them, because they are poor. They don't have that inheritance that you have. This is the path to maturity. This is when you become a full-grown man and a full-grown woman, when you make those things your own. And then the Holy Ghost comes upon you, as the apostle tells us today, And when that moment comes, I'm almost done with the sermon, I promise. When that moment comes, then you reject the things of the world because they are of no taste for you. They're worthless for you. Let me finish with these two points. Everyone at one point or another comes to reject the things of the world. At one point in your life, I can promise this to you. I would swear it to you. That one point will come in your life where everything in the world will mean nothing. It will be pointless and worthless. All you will think of is eternity. This can happen in two ways, the good way and the bad way. The good way is when your parents taught you this as a child, and they brought this, and then the moment came where you became an adult, and you kept this line, this line of wealth, the wealth of your faith, your morality, your love and then you go to heaven, and you made a beautiful life. The other way in which this happens is when your parents taught you this, and then when you became an adult physically, you deviated, and a time will come where you will make a round turn. You will go all around life, partying, doing all these things, away from religion, away from your faith, and you will not come here. You will go back to the place where you started to realize My parents were right, but I wasted 10, 15, 20 years of my life figuring that out. And then you realize it was all in vain, but hopefully at least before death you realize that my parents were right. We don't want that, and you will not do that. You young men and young women here in this parish, you will make the right choice. You will take your faith and make it yours. You will take those commandments and make them your own convictions. You will take grace. At times you will fall, yes. At times you will struggle. But when you struggle, we will all be there to hold your hand and pull you forward so that you can come close to God. So that when your parents were dragging you, you come to the point of running and you run not only next to your parents, but ahead from your parents. And that you are even more devoted in the faith and in the commandments that they were. That is our goal, and that is when you become an heir of God. That day will come, we pray for all of you, young men, young women, all of us, spiritual teenagers, where we can all say of you what the apostle says, that he is no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, an heir also, through God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.